Hi everyone and welcome back to Trading for Life Redeemed. I'm your host Dan and as always I am here with my father David Jackson. We are talking about Matthew. We've been working our way through Matthew for the last few weeks. We're now up to chapter 25 today and we are dad diving into a couple of parables and a story about judgment which is kind of a parable too. I think it's, <laughs> it's a bit scary. Yeah so we're going to start with the parable of the ten virgins. Now I think all of these relate to Jesus' return yep. and Judgment Day and stuff. So we're kind of continuing our theme from 24. Yep. So we have a parable of 10 virgins, and the 10 virgins are meant to be getting ready and waiting for the bridegroom to come and then have a party and there's a wedding and stuff, and they miss out because they basically weren't really ready. They're they'd they'd ready. run out of oil or something, <laughs> I think, from memory. Uh so what's what's Jesus trying to communicate here? Because it's talking really to his dis- disciples. Uh, yep. So what what's he trying to communicate to them at this point? Given you know, I mean, Jesus doesn't return in their lifetime. But, no, no, that's <laughs> but right. They still need to be prepared or something. Yeah, yeah. They've, there's an expectation in Israel at the time that the kingdom of God is imminent. That the Messiah is going to come. The Romans are going to get chased away. All our problems are going to be solved any minute. Um, it's sort of like <laughs> I had a guy come up to me at church last Sunday because he'd been watching some Christian television channel and they're talking about the end times and prophecy and Israel and all these exciting things that are all going to happen because China made a move, you know. <laughs> Suddenly Jesus is coming back yesterday. Um, and you think, nothing's changed. <laughs> Everybody's sitting around trying to calculate how, you know, when it's all going to happen. And Jesus is saying, you'll see Jerusalem fall, you'll see the Son of Man ascend and take his throne on high, but you're not going to see the end of Judgment Day um, in your lifetime. It's going to be a long time. He stresses that in one of the, uh, just at the end of chapter 25, um, that the householder goes away for a long time and people start to take it for granted that he's gone, you can do what you like. Uh, but he's going to come back suddenly and surprise you, and you know the, the whole thing's going to be a big, like a thief in the night event. Yeah. Um, so the question is, what are you supposed to do in the meantime? And the answer is, you've got to persevere, and you've got to be faithful. Um, and so he tells these stories, and uh, I like the one with the. The Ten Virgins, <laughs> because it's, it reminds me of this whole Jewish wedding thing, um, which I just think is such a hoot. Um, so in, in a Jewish wedding, you the aim of the exercise is to surprise the bride on her wedding day. Hmm. So she's not allowed to know when the wedding feast is on. <laughs> I mean, try and keep that from a woman. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. So they, they sign all the contracts and then everybody goes away and gets organised. But the idea is you keep the bride in in the dark and then in the middle of the night, the bridegroom and his mates turn up to say, today's the day, um, grab your bags, jump on the wagon, let's go. Uh, and these girls are there <laughs> because... You don't want the bridegroom and his mates barging into her bedroom in the middle of the night to carry her off to her wedding. So the girls are there all ready to meet him, go in and get the woman organised, get the guys to lug the luggage out and everything. But he's delayed 
And that's the whole point of this. Jesus's return is going to be delayed to give people room to repent. Yep. And these, you know, if you're not ready for a long haul of faithfulness, um, in their case, their oil runs out. In our case, our faith runs out. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, being prepared and being in for the long haul is what it's all about. Okay, so then if we shift from the ten virgins to your talents that are handed out. Yeah. Now, the talents are handed out as money, right, is a talent, so each one's given a talent to use yeah. for the kingdom <laughs> while he's gone. Uh, and then some of them invest it, some of them, you know, make a lot of money out of it, some make a little bit of money out of it. One guy digs a hole in a field and buries it. <laughs> he's like, well, let's just store it down here. It's a secret. Yeah. Um, and then when he comes back, like the whole thing is that you know, the ones who have grown and expanded that get rewarded and the one who hit it in the field gets punished for it. He's in trouble. Yeah, because yeah. And I, when I read it, I always read you know, the talents. It's kind of like the gospel. We get the, given the gospel and our job is to then share that and go on mission, right? It's one of the core things yeah. that Jesus tells us to do while he's gone, right? Yeah. Go on mission, and it's, you know, we're going to get to that in chapter 28, is it? When yep. Jesus says, you know, go and make disciples of all nations. Yep. And so for me, I feel like the other thing of the, you know, we have the faith burning out of running out with the oil, but there's also an element I find within churches that they lose sight of mission. They just kind of get into the habit of going through routines and they don't make room for, well, actually our job is to grow and to actually be doing stuff in the communities that we're in and to be reaching out to those around us to share the gospel, to, you know, invest, yeah, <laughs> uh, take the risks, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, the Bible tells us that it's always going to reap what it's meant to reap, you know. It's kind of like investing with a guaranteed return. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily, you know. Uh, it takes risks, it takes vulnerabilities, all those kinds of things that we're so afraid of in the Western world of, you know, oh no, someone's going to say something bad about me because I dared to share the gospel with them, whereas you go to other countries and they're beheading people and yeah. torturing them because of it, and you just think, you know, we, we need that perspective. So these guys with the talents, Jesus comes back, he's pretty harsh on them. Is that it? Is it just about that we should be on mission? Is there more to that? Because it's yeah, you've circled the word faithful here a few times. <laughs> yeah, I've circled the word faithful. So if we're, if we're in for the long haul, and, I mean, we're sitting here on the other side of the planet 2,000 years later, that's a long haul. And the question is, first challenge, be faithful. Don't run out of oil. But the second ch challenge is, okay, so I'm in for the long haul. What am I supposed to do? Just sit here and wait for a long time? Um you know, I go to the doctor's surgery, I bring a book. <laughs> I don't sit there staring at a wall. Hmm. There are things to do. Um, so what are we supposed to do? I, I think we've misunderstood this particular um, parable because we've taken that word talent <laughs> and we think of it in terms of a talent quest. Yeah. You know, th these are my abilities, these are my special, you know, gifts or whatever you want to call them. But the word really, it's it's a weight. Um, it's equivalent to 6,000 days pay. <laughs> right? So think yeah. of that, 6,000 days. You just got your inheritance. Boom. <laughs> Boom. 6,000 days pay, but it's not your money. It's the no, boss's. that's right. <laughs> and he didn't just give you one. He gave you five times that amount, so 30,000 days pay. What are you going to do with it? 
I'm entrusting it to you. I'm going to go away for a long time, which means when I come back, I expect it to have yeah done something. Done something. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that the the first guy, the Greek there says he goes straight to work. Now everybody translating it says, "Oh, he traded. He, you know, he he invested it." Yeah. If you invest something, you take it down to the stock exchange, you put it in, you sit back and you wait for a profit, right? Yeah, there's no stock exchange though at this yeah, point. There's no, no. <laughs> and stock exchange, it's all about investing in companies, like you're investing in businesses. People are supposed so to So really work. he's just gone and started his own business with it. <laughs> well, he's done something. But the point is, he's working. So the period between Jesus' ascension and his return, we are supposed to be on the job. We're supposed to be working, and each one of us is given a particular area of responsibility. So instead of translating this in terms of my talents, mm. let's let's think of it in terms of my lot in life. So I'm 71. I look at this, and I look at some of the people I know who've been believers for a long time. I look at how they've invested their days in serving Jesus. And some of the challenges around us that we have to look at is, you know, people who retire and become grey nomads and, you know, they're going to go collect seashells or something. We, we've we got to redeem the days. We're supposed to be on the job and working. And what is my lot? Maybe my lot is, you know, Billy Graham had a pretty big lot, hmm. um, preaching to millions of people. That's great. But what about the guy that's in the factory punching holes in toothbrush handles? I mean... What is my lot in life? What am I responsible for? That's what I got to get on with. And it doesn't matter whether I've got two or five. The question is, what am I going to do with what I've got? And Jesus delivers the same reward, regardless of the amount, in terms of did you get on with the job? Yeah. And I think as you go through the rest of the New Testament, you know, some are pastor teachers and, you know, some clean the toilets, but. Let's get on with the job that Jesus gave us because it's all part of his kingdom. Um, and I look at my mother-in-law used to tell the story, your grandmother, you know, what do you do if you're physically disabled and there's not a lot you can do and your language is affected by a stroke or something? What do you do? The answer is, well, I can still pray. Mm. Redeem the day. Um, and so some of the churches that we came across Elderly people in retirement homes or, you know, even in nursing homes were regarded by the church as employed to pray full time mm. because that's as much as they could do. Never waste a day. Yeah. Probably have a bigger effect than those who aren't praying and trying to go out, go yeah, out and get stuff done. in their own strength. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Jesus then moves on to the story about Judgment Day at the end. He talks about sheep and goats and dividing them. Yep. Uh, and he says, How's your yeah, goats? Oh, my, my goats are good, but it turns out they're the ones that get judged. <laughs> so he has the sheep. They're, you know, taken to righteousness and, you know, eternity, heaven, new creation stuff. Uh, and the goats who are on his left, they're the ones who get judged. And he talks about what they did. Like, he talked about this talent thing being work, and now we're going to talk about this aspect of, you know, they're righteous and saved because when I was hungry, you fed me because, yep. you know, when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink and you helped me out. And this always reminds me, whenever I read this stuff, it reminds me to go all the way back to Genesis, right? I have this thing in my in my brain where God created us as his image. Yep. 
And I think of all the other religions throughout the Bible and even today where the image of God is how you worship him, right? But you come to the image and you give the image food or whatever and yeah, it worships yeah. him, right? Feed the statue. <laughs> yeah. So for me, when I think about that, I'm like, we, we still, in a way, part of our worship of God mm. is through the images of God that are around us Yeah. as we serve them and care for them and remember that they are representing God here on earth. And as we look after them, as and obviously, yeah, we're meant to be on mission to them, bringing them to Christ and making them more like Christ, etc. But I see this element of what I do for my brothers and sisters in Christ, what I do for just other people yeah. is a way of worshipping God because they are his image, and of course, his image is living because he's a That's real right. god and not a dead god. Not a dead god. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, is that like when I when I read this, it's, it always comes to my mind as I'm reading through. It says, you know, by feeding these other people, by caring for all these people, we are like he's saying that in essence we are serving him, right? That's what he's, yeah. he's pretty much word for word what he's saying. Yeah. You know, and then, if we don't do that, then we're not serving him. Like, That's right. Not, uh, so then as we go through and think of you know, our talents, then we go back to that, what's our lot in life, what are we doing with that, then we should be using it in a way to serve the kingdom and also to, I mean, part of the way we do that is by serving and helping those people around us. Yeah, I think we we have some funny ideas. Worship, we talk about praise and worship, and in our language today that just means singing. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't sing, we actually watch other people sing. Um <laughs> <laughs> in some churches. That's called praise and worship, I don't know. But the word worship means service. It's, it's you know, if you're in the military, you're a serviceman, mm. a servicewoman. So we're, we're on active service, and that's what worship is. But what are we serving? Well, we're serving God. And one of the little surprises that we have is that we, we can be so focused on, you know, God's up there and, you know, hallelujah, that we forget that the image of God is standing right next to us, starving to death, mm. um, you know, suffering domestic violence, being kicked out of their homes, um, running out of money, uh, all these terrible things that are going on around us. And we forget there's the picture of God in front of us, and as we treat the image of God, we treat him. Mm. You know, if I don't like a politician, I go and paint, put horns on his head and, you know, make him look stupid. Um and vandalise his picture. Uh, not a good thing to do at election time. <laughs> um, and people do that to send a message. Well, the way I treat human beings sends a message, and God takes it personally. So the way we treat other people reveals something about our heart. And even an unbeliever, because they're made in the image of God, can't resist having some compassion after all, but sin damages that. It turns us into selfish, frightened, defensive, destructive people. Now, if you've got a new heart, not a heart of stone, a heart of flesh, and you see people in trouble, you react with grace and mercy and you take action and generosity. Um, you, I think back, both your mother and, and I grew up in families where we constantly had people staying with us who were homeless or, you know, in mum's case it was, you know, missionaries that had come back from the field who had no money, no home, nowhere to go, 
And, you know, nothing for a husband and wife and four kids to move in. <laughs> Mum said, you know, we've always been chucked out of our bedroom mm. for visitors. Um, in my case, it was elderly people who, you know, were not in a position to manage their house anymore. And Dad just said, come and live with us. Um, and he wasn't even a believer. And God looks at this and says, if you're a believer in Christ by your fruits, by the way you respond, we'll know whether you're fake or real. And on Judgment Day, you may have been able to bluff everybody else, <laughs> but you're not bluffing God. And so we're talking about eternal life or eternal punishment. Um, you can't fool God. And I think that sends us back to a church where we say, it's not good enough to do evangelism if you're not looking after people. And it's not good enough to hire pagans to look after people if you're not going to tell them about Jesus. It's not an either or. We've got to do the both. Otherwise, we're not reflecting the character of Christ. Well, that's the end of chapter 25. If you would like to come and grab the study notes for this chapter, please head over to trainforliferedeemed.com slash 82. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I think do reviews as well. And... Please make sure you hit the subscribe button, come back and listen to us again next week as we head into chapter 26 and continue to get towards the end of Matthew.